And that's right, everybody. Welcome back once again to another edition of the Best Seat in the House podcast. This is our Christmas spectacular. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Rob Kramer, joined by my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. And Dan, how you doing today, buddy? I'm still like uh, dealing with the back-to-back days of really depressing days in the world of New York sports. One... Mets failing to get Yamamoto. I don't know why he chooses the wet, chooses the wet, cho- cho- chose the West Coast over coming to Queens. Because I got, I got to tell you one thing about that man, man Mr. Yamamoto. Since, since this is reminding me of the old East Coast West Coast rap rap wars, I remember going going through back in the nineties in my teenage years. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. East East Side. Dan, you're 100% right, man. You know, Yamamoto doesn't know what he's missing out here. He's going to uh, to the Dodgers, which obviously, you know, um, upsets us Mets fans. And, um, you know, let's just start off right there. And we see here. All right. Free agent starting pitcher Yoshinobu Yamamoto on the 12-year, $325 million contract with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Dan, you know... This was supposed to be a different era of New York Mets baseball. You know, this was supposed to be the era of having the owner with the deepest pockets in baseball. Now, what we've been forced to see is one of the worst off, uh, I'm sorry, off seasons that I can remember. Um, what are your thoughts, Dan, right off the bat of that um, no, I was muted right there for a second. <laughs> but uh, you know, Dan, what are your thoughts um that Yamamoto decided to take um I mean, well actually not not even Yamamoto because the Dodgers and the Mets both had 325 million dollar offers in there. The thing that drives me crazy is that the Mets didn't outbid the Dodgers. We all knew, you know, Andy Martino had been reporting for weeks that the top two teams in this chase was the Dodgers and the New York Yankees. Now, we knew if he was going to be a Met, it would have to be because the Mets paid out. And the fact that they only matched the Dodgers' offer seems like a failure to me. Dan, what do you think? I don't know. I guess I I, I feel like it looked like that the Dodgers were going to maybe offer similar price ranges that I feel like the Mets, the, the Mets didn't, need, didn't want to but they didn't. They didn't have to bid against themselves. It was. They felt it was going to be a matter of Yamamoto choosing where he wanted to go because they felt they did enough of what they did to convince the Yamamoto. Because look at what Steve Cohen did. 
they pulled out all the stops in addition to throwing money at him, a lot a shitload of money at him. They he went all the way to Japan to actually meet with him and his family and sell him and they and they even they, they even brought the the team uh, in, in interpreter to, uh, to 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 translate everything that uh that that Billy Epler and Steve Cohen was pitching to them. And, and and you're right about that, Dan. But the thing for me is that we knew and and you and you are right. I have to give credit <laughs> to, to Steve Cohen for for trying. But you know what? When it it's all relative right now, you know, because if we if we were Yankee fans. We could sit back right now and say, you know what? Even though we missed out on Yamamoto and we're not happy about it, at least we got Juan Soto this offseason to improve our team. The Mets, on the other hand, have done nothing. They've added a bunch of borderline roster guys and Tyrone Taylor and Adrian Hauser and Joey Wendell. And Luis Severino was statistically one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year. And the Mets guaranteed him $13 million. The Mets have only spent $18 million this offseason so far. I mean, that's ridiculous for the team with the deepest pockets in baseball. And even though I give Steve Cohen credit for, you know, at least making a decent effort for um, for, for Yamamoto, the fact that they missed out this offseason is a complete disaster because right now all the reports are stating – um, as we see right here, that um, the Mets will not pursue or, or pivot to another high-end starting pitcher, specifically Blake Snell. And after missing out on Yamamoto, that's that's going to be it for the big fish. I mean, that cannot be the case. They have to go out there and make a trade or sign someone and do something because we cannot be going into the, the, the uh, 2024 season with basically the same te team we have last season Minus Scherzer, Verlander, and Daniel Vogelback. I all I could hope is that I hope that there's enough chatter all over that Steve Cohen just decides to just finally bend and go goes after Blake Snell, even Jordan Montgomery. I would take. Yeah, no doubt about it. He's a good lefty pitching the World Series for the Texas Rangers. You know, this is a guy that's been on the Yankees in the past, the Cardinals. The Rangers this year winning franchises to you know to me that matters when you have a guy that has a winning resume and uh, everything like that. But you know right now the Mets are just um, you know in uh, in a bad position because if we look you know the Yankees the, the Yankees played this perfectly because the Mets did not outbid the Dodgers. They also they matched their offer twelve years three hundred twenty five million with an opt out after the sixth year. Now, the Yankees, on the other hand, said, hey, if you want to be a Yankee, you're going to take a little bit less money to come here, and we're going to only offer you $300 million. And, um, hey, if, if you want to be a Yankee, that's great. If not, we'll move on. The Mets put all their eggs in the Yamamoto basket and still missed out on it. And um, I just think right now, this offseason, Dan, uh, you know, that's, that's another thing, too. Um, where would you put the Mets grade for this offseason so far? Like, do you, like right now for me, and I said this on Twitter, and I got some, some grief from, my, from fellow Mets fans, I give this offseason a solid F-. And if I could make it a lower grade, 
I would make it lower. If I could give them a fucking Z, I'd make it a Z. But F minus is what I have for them right now. What do you have as the Mets offseason grade so far, Dan? I, I I agree totally. And an F minus, they just did nothing. I just feel like, and and anything they did do, I feel only was worth it if they went after a big fish like Yamamoto. Yep. Yep. And they have failed to do that. And I just know I don't think there'll be enough industrial size bottles of whiskey to get me through Severino starting. I know, man. You know, because when when we look back at it too, the, he was one of the worst pitchers in baseball this year, and I still can't believe that the Mets guaranteed him thirteen million. You know, I I could have taken that better, but right now, if you look at the Mets rotation, the Mets rotation is awful. It's starting off with. With Kodai Senga, who we all like, you know, Kodai Senga is their ace right now. He, you know, isn't that funny last year too that Senga was brought in to be their number three starter, and now he's their ace by default. Now, Kodai Senga is going to be number one. Now, I guess you could make the case that maybe Quintana is the number two starter, but then after that, is is Luis Severino really the next number three starter right now? Because then after that, it's David Peterson, who's been terrible. And Tyler McGill, who those two players I blame most of all for the terrible pitching the Mets had this year, um, before and after the trades of Scherlander, uh, Scherlander, Scherzer, and Verlander. But I, I don't know, Dan. Um, you know, what do you think? Uh, where do we go from here now? I mean, we're kind of um, in, you know, between a rock and a hard place. I, I just feel that if they don't if they don't even at least get Giolito, yep. then it's gonna be a complete bust. I at least I feel comfortable if we get Giolito that maybe the Mets will go after another starter potentially at the trade deadline if we're right in the thick of that race. If if if, if there's a starter available within another year of team control. I don't think they'll go after anyone who's going to be a free agent in the offseason. I think you're right, too. And I don't think they're giving out, you know, too many one-year contracts. I think that the Mets, right now, you know, whether you like it or not, I think David Stearns is trying to build a base for the Mets, and he's trying to bring in a whole bunch of uh, depth in the organization. You know, organizational depth is something that we've heard about for years and years and years. And unfortunately, the Mets rarely have been able to achieve it. Um, you know, but right now, I think one of the big things is going to be just having the, um, you know, the uh, the ability to go out there and and add to your team. And that's what Nick Stearns is doing. Like we mentioned, the Adrian Hauser trade and the Tyrone uh, Taylor trade. I, I don't like that trade. Uh, but you know what? In fairness, they gave uh, Coleman Crawford, who was the um, the uh, prospect that they got for Eduardo Escobar during the season. And I don't know, Dan, what do you think about you know where they go from here now? Uh, now you said that you think that a guy like Giolito, and I I love that idea. That, Giolito is the type of guy that you could get. Like, and, and to be honest, I would much rather have seen the Mets bring in Giolito rather than um, 
than uh, Luis Severino. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think so too. I think that's just sort of who they went after in a heartbeat. If they would have had any sanity and realized that that Yamamoto was going to be a tough competition, I I just feel like now I realize it that it's very difficult to get Japanese players to come to the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I I have no problem if you get bit trying trying to go after these players, but they for some reason they they gravitate. I don't know why, but they gravitate toward the West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, it could have something to do with the fact that it's a a, a quicker trip to Japan. and Yeah, or, or, or they just forget that there's this team in New York called the Mets. I just, I, I feel like going to Japan and figure, and maybe maybe try to figure out how to quote that line for Major League in Japanese and say, hey, yeah, they're a real team with uniforms and everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true, man. You know, and with the, uh, you know, there's there's been a history of, Japanese players playing for both the Mets and the Yankees, you know, going back to the days of Nomo and Arabu and Hideki Matsui and, you know, Masato Yoshi and uh, just all, you know, Siyoshi Shinjo, all these guys that we've seen the Mets bring in over the years and even even in more recent years like Masahiro Tanaka with the Yankees and Kodai Senga with the Mets, you know, they've been a long um, tradition of Japanese ballplayers coming here to uh, play in New York, and it's just said that these last couple, um, meaning Shoyotani and Yamamoto, have both opted to go to the West Coast. You know, I think they would have. Um, I, I I get it, and it makes sense from the perspective that this is personally what they wanted. But you know, you have to uh, look at the big, um, you know, the the big picture, and uh, the and the Dodgers though now are an absolute giant. And I mean, it's going to be tough to pick against that team this year, right? Yeah, yeah. And at the same time, I just have a weird feeling, and I just got to hope it works works in their favor in a way. Because I've seen a well, look at last year. I don't think anyone had in their bingo card the World Series matchup between the Diamondbacks and a Texas. It's true. They it's they, true. they they did not they did not predict that so. I feel like we, we might have to be one of those that just good enough to sneak in as an underdog and make those uh, that that trade line. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. You're absolutely right about that. You know, the Mets, uh, as long as they can hang in there, which you know that remains to be seen. But as long as they can hang in there, uh, you know they're going to be making a big move at the deadline. But you know, one more thing that I want to say before um, we move on from this little point, it's. Now that we know there's uh, aside from Blake Snell, which it looks like the Mets aren't going to go after, there really are no more big time uh, fish on the free agent market that you're going to spend an absurd amount of money on. So you know what? Take some of that money that you were going to give Yamamoto and give Pete Alonso a damn contract extension already, right? Let's get this done. Yeah, yeah. The, this one, I have a feeling Steve Cohen's going to go all out for. I just I just have a hunch that this one's gonna be not such a difficult time going go going after. I know right off the bat, Steve Cohen. I know even David Stearns wants wants this. But being from the area, he knows how this how he he doesn't want to be known as this generation's Donald Grant. Yep. And he he's got to bring extend one of the biggest stars in team history. 
So he's they're they're they're, they're going to pull out all the stops, and I have a feeling, unlike the the last time we tried anything like this just recently, Pete's going to actually going to going to take the offer. I feel like. I hope so, man. I hope you're right about that because uh, the Mets need to lock him up. I know there's a lot of Mets fans on Twitter and social media and stuff that don't like Pete Alonso for whatever reason. I I I don't know why you wouldn't like a guy that hits 40 home runs a year for your team, but. Okay, you know whatever. It, 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 I, I don't know. It's weird. It's like there, 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 there's a, a huge chunk of the fan base that loves Pete, but there is this that sub community that that doesn't quite understand, realize what we have on this team. Yeah, you know, it, it's almost like David Wright universally was loved by Met fans. You know, all Met fans love David Wright. The guy, even you know, if you got, um, you know, a. A, a, annoyed by his frequent injuries at the end of his career, everybody knew David Wright was always giving it his all, and for the most part, most Met fans love David Wright. It, it's I just wish that Pete Alonso would get some of that appreciation too, because if Pete Alonso stays here for another five six years, he's going to pretty much average every, or own every single Mets offensive record that there is. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. He, he, he keeps this up. There's gonna be a nineteen. There's gonna be a twenty, hanging there with the retired numbers. Yeah, no doubt about. It. Especially if they ever get things together and win a championship. But if you know, as we've seen with guys in the past that 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 haven't won, you know, well, you know, like Piazza. If if you're that good, they'll still put your number up. And you're absolutely right about that. So, but w- one last thing as we close up on the, uh, the y- Yoshinobu Yamamoto going to the Dodgers for that big time contract, twelve years. $325 million. You know, I've taken to Twitter and I'm very angry with Steve Cohen these days, right? Especially this offseason. We both gave it an F minus. Very much disgrace how the Mets have handled this offseason. And I've started calling him Steve Wilpon as a joke, just to kind of tweak him and tweak the Mets fans who continue to defend him after this terrible offseason, like Salicata on WFAN, which WFAN. Unlistenable now. I don't know what the hell they did to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even. I don't even know what to make of WFAN. It's like it's just too tough to listen to the fan. I, I've listened to more various Mets podcasts and me too. <laughs> and all the guys, all the guys we've known and loved, they've all left the the fan. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have the golden age of remember like Mike and the Mad Dog. You had Steve Summers at night. You, you even had you even had uh, Joe Beningo. Yeah, and Evan Roberts. And Evan I, Roberts. I like it, and even though Evan is still on the afternoon and I still like Evan, I don't know. I feel like that whole afternoon show just isn't that great. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought it was more fun when they had Carton and Roberts. Me too. And you know what? I was not a big fan of Carton, but I got to say that was definitely a better listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 feel, I feel like Carton and Roberts, I had to, I, I, I feel like I grew I feel like they grew on me. Like maybe great. at first I wasn't quite sure. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what they're getting after Mike Lutzessa retired mm-hmm. and stuff. But I think they had they had another group of people that they tried bringing in that didn't do so well. Yeah, and they brought in these guys that are saying these guys are going to be the face of the fan. These guys, but then I kind of felt like I kind of I kind of like these guys. They were kind of. I I just feel like I, I feel like they kind of had that same vibe that 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 golden age of O and A a little bit. With with the sports talk, like they come, I feel like they combine sports talk with the golden age of O and A. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, you're right. Like like a more toned down 
ONA for for regular radio. But yeah, 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 I, I totally yeah, yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I feel like they had that 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 spirit that somehow that that magic that made that made that made it something you wanted you wanted to listen to. That I haven't I hadn't seen since the day, since the day, since the days of ONA at their peak. Yeah, and you know I, I got to give Carton uh, credit too because they brought back. It was kind of like a little bit of a ripoff, but I think they did a decent job with it. They they kind of brought back Whip It Out Wednesday, but it was uh, it, they called it something else, and obviously it wasn't about the women whipping their tits out and everything. But yeah. it was uh, you know they had uh, it, it was pretty entertaining. They would always bring on an attractive woman to uh, to, to interview every Wednesday, and they they kind of made it like a an homage to Opie and Anthony, you know what I mean? I yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah, plus, plus that, I always thought it was neat when they would bring in some comedians on their show. Yeah, like Aaron Berg. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I, I remember I thought it was neat when I'm seeing Aaron Berg on there. I think I even remember right after I saw him on his appearance, I said, hey, as soon as I turned on the TV, I saw you on uh, on Gordon Roberts because because uh, uh, SNY is a default channel on my TV. I said that I said that on, on my cable box, I said SNY is a default channel. Ever since 2020, because during that COVID time, I was depressed to seeing all the stuff I was seeing on New York One News all the time during COVID. I, I could, I, I, I was getting sick of seeing press conferences from the mayor because I turned on the TV. So I knew the first thing I had to, I had to put something that wasn't going to annoy me the the moment I turned on the TV. Yeah, and I knew that that I had to set SNY as my default channel was, was going to be. Was going to be that from now on, even after COVID times ended, and we're we're we're, we're at, remember at that time the baseball season didn't start yet, all the sports leagues didn't restart yet. I said even after once we've got games and once this COVID shit is over, I still S and Y still going to be my default channel because it's the one it's one of the few things that's not going to put me in a mood that I want to curse out the TV as soon as I turn on the TV. <laughs> so I put. So I said that's why my people channel. And when I turned on TV that day, I said, "Holy shit, the Terraberg!" And then I then after the after that interview, I I, I, I DM'd him. I said, "Hey, Aaron, I saw you on TV. Great job!" And he and he was very appreciative of me. Uh, when I told him how I enjoyed that appearance. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, Aaron Berg is great, and uh, hopefully we're hoping to get him on at some point in the new year. That'd be great to have him on. He's a Good sports fan. He's a big Maple Leafs and Mets fan, so always great to talk to uh, the hilarious Aaron Berg. Love that guy. And he's going around actually right now doing a Jewish comedy tour with a bunch of other Jewish comedians, so definitely support that, especially after everything that's happened the last couple of months. So give your uh, support to Aaron Berg. He's a great guy, hilarious, and he's he's always doing something good. Love that guy. Right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love that guy and his 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 character still I still remember his little characters in my in my head like every time I see on the TV like saying like breaking news <laughs> I think of that whole thing breaking news breaking news when he would do, when he would do that bit and I I still at, at work I wear a, a sleeveless flyover Phil shirt flyover Phil yeah a lot of great characters man miss him on Compound Media but uh, you can definitely still find Aaron Berg. Uh, still doing a lot of hilarious shit. So check him out over uh, with uh, Luisa J. Gomez. What's the name of their network again? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, right? Yes, Digital. Yeah, yes, Digital. Yeah, yeah. Hilarious stuff. The guys from Legions of Skank, uh, uh, Legion of Skanks. Definitely check that out. Aaron's got a bunch of stuff going on over there. And uh, before we move on from the baseball, though, Dan, I want to ask you, you know, we covered the Mets pretty extensively. 
But you know, the Yankees missed out on um Yamamoto on Yamamoto too. Where do you think the Yankees go from here too? Because I have one interesting thought. But before I say it, I want to hear what, what you think. I feel they might go on maybe a smaller level pitching. Probably they're going to be in the same boat. Remember, similar thing I said the myth of the trading deadline. I feel like they're going to have to make a move for pitching at the trading deadline. Yeah, I could see that too. But you know what? I, the thing that I've been thinking about is one thing. I mean, we always associate lefty hitters with Yankee Stadium. You know, obviously Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig. You know, Mickey Mantle is a switch hitter, but Roger Maris, Don Mattingly, all these great lefties the Yankees have had over the years, right? And then that, that even really extends to pitching, too, because you can think all the way back to Whitey Ford and Lefty Gomez and, you know, all these guys that the Yankees have had over the years. Um, you know, Andy Pettit and uh, just the, it goes, the list goes on and on and on. And I think it would be very interesting to see the Yankees add um, Blake Snell, because I think, you know, he knows the division. This is a guy coming from the Tampa Bay Rays. Obviously, he's been with um, San Diego for, for the last year or two. But I think this is a guy that knows the AL East. He's won a Cy Young in the division back in 2018, so he's performed well. Um, you know, being on the uh, the lower end with the, uh, of the, the payroll spectrum of the Rays, I think he could come in. And to be honest, man, I think if you add Blake Snell to that rotation – and you, you have a one-two punch of, of Garrett Cole and Blake Snell, and then you have that lineup with, you know, the, the middle of the order being Soto, Judge, and uh, and Giancarlo Stanton, man, I think that would make the Yankees a really dangerous team. Yeah, I guess that's a, that's around. They, that, that, that's a big move for them if they go after Blake Snell. As much as I'm going to be annoyed at it, and annoyed at every Yankee fan I know will celebrate these big moves. It's just, it just annoyed me. I have, I haven't felt like that since I remember 2004. Remember that off season? Yeah, yeah. When the Yankees picked up uh, a Rod and you know all that stuff, and we, you know, we first we we, we we thought he was going to Boston, then he ends up going to the Yankees, and you know, whole uh, whole crazy off season. Um, but uh, yeah, you know. What's it called? The, the the other thing I was thinking with that too, Dan, is that um, I think right now, if you're looking at the Yankees roster, right, who do you think is um, their closer? It's probably Clay Holmes, right? Yeah, it's probably Clay Holmes. Yeah. So if it if 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 it's Clay Holmes right now, let's be honest, he stinks. You know that guy. We throughout our lives, we've seen. Great Yankee closers, you know, looking from Rigetti to John Wetland to Mariano Rosera to even for a year or two of Rafael Soriano. And then they had, you know, all these guys the last couple of years, Andrew Miller, and uh, just, you know, the list goes on and on and on. All these great closers the Yankees have had over the last few years are all this Chapman, right? The Yankees should go out and sign Josh Hader. You know, I would love to see him come to the Mets, but he's not coming to the Mets because we have, uh, you know, at Diaz, yeah, and there's no role for him as a closer. Yeah, I, I, I could see Hater if he's up for the New York experience coming to the Yankees because Yankees need a dominant closer, which they haven't had in a couple of years. And the Yankees, really, it, I feel like if you added him to that bullpen, 
Then you can shift Clay Holmes back into the eighth inning role, and suddenly that Yankee bullpen looks legitimate again. Yeah, I bet. I guess that's the best way to say it. Of course, also at the same time with a hater, I from from what I've seen him in San Diego, I feel like maybe he's when the expectations are a bit higher, he seems to be the not not come through as much, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. I feel like that. Yeah, I I I could definitely understand what you're saying. And you know what? Coming into this year, I had a lot of doubts. For Josh Hader, but um, I wanted to look at this real quick because Josh Hader actually had a really good bounce back season. Um, you know, out there he was an All Star again this year, and if you look at his numbers th this season, I mean, it's actually ridiculous the the year that he had uh, it, it, two and three with a one point two eight ERA, thirty three saves, fifty six innings, eighty five strikeouts. So while after he got traded to San Diego last year with, with Milwaukee, you know, and really he had a bad year last year, two and five, five, you know, five plus ERA, um, did not look like the type of pitcher we've seen. But at the way he bounced back this year for San Diego, if I'm the Yankees, I would definitely feel very good about going out there and handing him a good amount of money for my closer. Yeah, yeah. So he'll, so, so, so he might, he might be able to pull, pull off a big. A big year for year two. Mm -hmm. Although you know what the biggest joke of all time would be is if he ended up signing with the Dodgers. <laughs> yeah. How many good? How many more good guys can the Dodgers get on that team? I mean, I I, 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 I don't know. I have I have felt this hard, this annoyed by it since that the LeBron James offseason with the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Now let me ask this though, Dan. Too, you know, Clayton Kershaw is a free agent this year. And, um, you know, if you look at the Dodgers and how they're built right now, they got that kid, Bobby Miller, they got Yamamoto, you know, Otani's not going to be able to pitch this year, but uh, they, they still have a couple of other pieces. Walker Buehler's coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery. So, you know, what are your thoughts on, on Clayton Kershaw? Uh, to be honest, if, if I'm the Mets, if, you know, he's, he's 35 years old and he's injury prone, I, I would still take a run at him. And even the Yankees were talking about. I think uh, the I, I think that the Yankees could even have, have a shot at him. But to be honest, you know, Texas guy, I could see him also maybe wanting to stay on the West Coast or in the South, and maybe even check into a team with the Texas Rangers. You know, what do you think about that? And do do you think that maybe Kershaw looks outside of L.A. now that all the other guys? I think he would be, and I'd be all for it if the Mets got him at a maybe at a low deal. You know, maybe a one-year, maybe two-year deal, the most. Somewhere between like twenty and thirty million dollars, probably yeah, a yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I just feel like Kurt Kershaw is looking for a comeback type deal. Mm -hmm. And you know, hey, this is a guy Clayton Kershaw that if he keeps putting up these these good years like he's been doing, this is the guy that's going to cruise into the Hall of Fame. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that all works out. But you know, Dan, real quick before we move on from the Yankees. Um, What's your offseason grade for the Yankees so far? I mean, I I feel like so far right now the Yankees might be a C. You think C? Uh, because they got Soto and because they gave up so little for him, I'm feeling like a B. Yeah, the the re reason I say for a C because I feel like they made moves, but still not that move that they need to 
they, they I feel like they need a position player and a pitcher. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing, too, that I like they did was also bringing in Verdugo from Boston. I, I, I think that was a good move. I think the combination of Verdugo and Soto is going to help their offense a lot. But I do agree with you that as great as Garrett Cole is, you know, after the swing and miss on Yamamoto, the Yankees really have to go out there and try and add a big, um, you know, pitcher to to this rotation now as a number two guy behind Cole. Yeah, exactly. Another another pitcher that's kind of an next an next factor. I don't know how many teams are going to want to go after him, but Trevor Bauer might be looking at a comeback type deal. I could definitely see that, and I heard people speculating about. Trevor Bauer, too. Uh, to be honest, at this point, I don't really give a, a damn who the Mets bring in. Uh, I would be all for bringing in Trevor Bauer. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to be one of these people that clutches my pearls. There is literally There have literally been murderers that played in MLB and the NFL and, you know, all these guys. So I'm not going to sit here and uh, clutch my pearls over that. What do you think, Dan? If the Mets signed Trevor Bauer, would you be behind that? I, I would I would be behind it as long as maybe they, they went to a to a as they said a low a low risk type deal I feel like I agree on that and uh, yeah I think you know what Dan I think that's just about going to do it for um, this uh, first part of our program as uh, we we had a nice little discussion there talking about all the uh, stuff going on a hot stove for Major League Baseball right now at this point we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing uh, a little football, Jets and Giants. We've got some, um, you know, a bunch of fun stuff to get into. So thank you for tuning in to the uh, Best Seat in the House podcast Christmas special. We'll be back in a couple of minutes right after this.
Have yourself a good time But remember the kids who got nothing While you're drinking down your wine Father Christmas, give us some money We got no time for your silly toys Father Christmas, please hand it over We'll beat you up, so don't make us I'll tell you about it after. And that's right, everybody. Welcome back. We're back here on our Christmas special. There we go. And um, all right. Everybody, thanks for tuning in right now. We're here recording this on December 23rd, 2023. It's been a uh, it's been a fun year. It's been an interesting year, Dan. I mean, sports-wise, 2023, what would you – how would you rate this year? I mean, it's been a rough year. We saw – you know, both of our football teams blow up. We saw uh, both of our baseball teams blow up in New York here. Uh, we saw both <laughs> New York hockey teams get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. So how would you rate this season so far? I just feel this year has been an F. Overall, you, you, you view it as an F? Yeah, I just feel it because we had uh, the football video. We didn't... We obviously made the playoffs. Baseball was a big letdown because there was high expectations going into the season, and it turned out turned out horribly. Even hockey, we thought we thought the Rangers were going to get a lot more further than just a first round elimination. We, we, we felt like at least conference finals, maybe probably cup finals, but then winning it, and that didn't turn out well. I I, I thought the Knicks would have at least got. To the Eastern Conference Finals, oh, two games short. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I was just so upset after that. And then that, and then I went through, and then after baseball season, I go through another disappointment in uh, in the uh, football. So my my only hope is that this new this well, this season that's about reach almost the halfway point in hockey season. Hopefully. I'm hoping Rangers lift lift the cup during during the season and makes it uh, something at least I can celebrate about. Yeah, we're hoping that uh, 2024 is a much more um, uh, enjoyable year. Uh, yeah, I would definitely agree that um, this has kind of been a failure of a year. The Knicks were the team that got the furthest in the playoffs out of all of them. Uh, I guess we could also give the uh, Giants because technically. Even though the 2023 season didn't go well for the Giants, they were playing playoff games in January of 2023. So at least they can hang their hat on that. Um, but even though that was more full to 2022. Well, no, that's true. That's true. It was for the 2022 season. But the technically, day. in the last 365 days, they were playing playoff games, though. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Like, even though it was maybe early, it was like January, yeah. but when football playoffs happened. Um, I it, I guess you could say sort of, sort of, they said that. Yeah. But 
And all I can tell you is that I'll tell you something that happened to me this this, this during, earlier in the holiday season. In my neighborhood, they do that tree lighting ceremony. I took Mr. Malunigan to see that tree lighting ceremony. What happened was there's a, there, 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 you know, there's a guy in a Santa suit, a guy who performs a Santa, right? Yeah. So he's just taking pictures, and I just took, took a little picture with Mr. Malunigan with Santa. Santa was saying to Mr. Malunigan. And it turned, I guess the guy in the Santa suit was it turned out to be a meth stain because he saw wearing this very Santa hat. Wow. And nice. I said to him, I said, any chance you could bring us a championship this year? <laughs> and he said, he said, yeah, I'll try. I'll try. It's, he said, it's, it, 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 it's tough trying to bring, bring, bring that championship home with this team, but well, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try as I do every year. Yeah, every Met fan knows that problem. You're definitely right yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, 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 that's, how, that's how you know that when you're, when, when you're someplace and a guy performing as Santa happens to be a Met fan. It's true, man. Very true. And, you know, we were talking about the biggest disappointments of this season, uh, of the, this year so far. And uh, I guess we're going to move on to a little bit of football right now. So let's start with the biggest disappointment of the year, uh, the New York Jets. <laughs> As the New York Jets uh, fell to 5-9 and nine with, after their 30 to nothing shutout embarrassment loss to the Miami Dolphins this past Sunday. Reports indicate that the Jets will be keeping their, their coaching staff in act. I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers went out and made a, a passion plea for them on McAfee, saying that, you know, things are going to look much better with him behind the center. And while that is true, man, I'm telling you right now, I, my hopes are not high. Um, I do think, you know, Rodgers committed to uh, this other thing that we can say. Rodgers publicly committed. The 2024 and 2025 season, saying that this year 2023 was basically a wash because he got hurt four plays in, which he's right now. But uh, I mean, right now with everything that ends with that blowout loss, I mean, DJ Reed came out and said that the team basically gave up in the third quarter. And if the Jets go out there and get blown out in these last couple of games, playing the two crappy teams and the, uh, the Commanders and the Patriots, and then in the middle they play the Browns, who are a good team. Um, I mean, if the Jets are grounded in these games, how can you bring back the coaching staff? Yeah. All, all I can tell you is that's a joke, all right? How, 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 how could you bring back this entire coaching staff? I, I have no clue. I'm looking at this from an outside perspective, and I know Jet fans like yourself are probably got to be furious at that news. I am, and I am, I am you know, and you know, we, we discussed this on our weekly show uh, earlier this week on third that, that came out on YouTube on Thursday, where, you know, I said that I think as much as Nate Hackett deserves a lot of the blame, and he does, because he's been a poor offensive coordinator this year, I don't understand how Robert Sala escaped so much blame for the offense. You know, back in the day, Rex Ryan was rightfully criticized for the offense thinking, and it seems like Robert Sala just does not get that same criticism. Um you know, I, I, I guess he could escape it a little bit. And Joe Douglas kind of saved his ass a little bit with that uh, with that draft last year where he got, you know, um, Sauce Gardner and, and Garrett Wilson and Jermaine Johnson and Brees Hall. But, I mean, his drafts outside of that aren't that good. And I, I don't know, Dan. I, I'm very, I think I, I understand that the easiest thing to do is to keep the coaching staff together. But in my opinion... 
that's not the smartest thing. And if the Jets start getting blown out these games like they were in Miami the other they really have to consider whether Rodgers comes or not. I mean, unless Aaron Rodgers says, I'm not coming back unless Robert Sala is the head coach, then you're kind of forced to. But I can sit down and Aaron Rodgers and be like, hey, bro, do you see how these, these last couple of games have gone for us? Maybe we have to move on from these guys. Yeah, I I feel like maybe they need to do that. They need to talk to him and uh, move move on from these guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, the the thing to me too is that I hear from a lot of Jet fans that they don't trust Woody Johnson to pick a new head coach or pick a new GM. And in my opinion, that's not a good enough reason for keeping a bad coach or GM in their job because you don't trust the owner, you know. And um, I, I don't know. I get lost just. Like, by year and see how this goes but you know as we said right now all the reports are saying that it's going to be a um uh you know a jolly christmas for the jets coaching sticker because they're all going to keep their jobs so um you know you, you never see anybody you never like to see anybody lose their job around the holidays but if they're a coach on your football team that you feel like is doing things up you don't really care about that kind of stuff, right? Dan? Yeah, exactly. And plus, uh, I'll tell you a, a funny thing I heard from a Jets fan I know said this: that he he has little faith when the team is owned by someone who owns a company that's pretty much twice, not just once, but twice the, the shares its name with a with a with a nickname for a male appendage. <laughs> All right, all right. I think, I think we all get what you're saying on that one. <laughs> and uh, just to keep looking forward on that now, now tomorrow, it's been uh, that the Jets are playing the Commanders on Christmas Eve, 1 p.m. We, we will be live on Patreon immediately following the game. And it looks like Trevor Simeon is going to be the Jets' starting quarterback. It's the first time since 1989 that the Jets have had four starting quarterbacks in the season, which kind of surprises me because I thought they had five in 2005 when uh, they had a, uh, a litany of, of uh, injuries and quarterbacks coming through there. But, yeah, first time it's 1989. Man. Isn't that a crazy stat? Yeah, that's it. That's it. For how back we got to go, that's way back when uh, Michael Keane Batman was in his movie theaters. Yeah, you're right. And and in the holiday season of 1989, the VHS copy of that very movie was one of the hottest Christmas gifts. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. That's a, that's a good point. And uh, that, that was also the that that was also the that the, the, the James Bond. Remember that was the that was that that ended up being uh, the 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 last the last uh, the end of the of Timothy Dalton era in James Bond movies. Really? Okay. Okay, that makes sense too. Definitely, definitely. I like this little 1989 refresher we got from uh, Daniel Bobo Carlin. Thank you for that, buddy. Um, and you know, oh, 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 and another important thing about 1989: a little a TV special that, that a, a little show from called The Simpsons premiered with a Chris, with a Christmas special. It, it was originally The Simpsons, for those who don't know, was just literally a short animated segment that showed up on a show called The Tracy Ullman Show, and somehow they decided to turn it into a series, they decided to do a series of animated specials based on these shorts, 
that Christmas special turned out so well, they said, we're going to do a whole series of this. Yeah, and almost 40 years later, they're still doing it. That's yeah, yeah. Who, who knew Who knew that I'd be able to say years from now, they're technically, I guess technically because it premiered in 1989, that there's still one little remnant of the 1980s still on TV to this day. That's true. That's very true, my friend. And uh, yeah, so definitely uh, it's a, a lot of things have changed since 1989, but the Jets not having a uh, quarterback, that, that has not changed. That's uh, still there. Hopefully for the next two years, 2024 and 2025, the Jets do have a quarterback they can rely on in the future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers. But for the last three games this season, at least, that's not going to be the case. As Trevor Simeon starts on Christmas Eve, and that's the Christmas present to every Jets fan in the tri-state area. Um, also, now we're going to be looking to the uh, New York Giants. New York football Giants are going to be visiting the Eagles on Christmas Day. The first time they're playing this year. It's crazy that these two teams have not met until this late in the season. But um, definitely, as much as the Giants are probably underdog in this game, definitely something to look forward to, right? It'll be a fun game to watch. Well, for one thing, I have to say, if the Giants would have still been in contention, I just might, might might have been tempted to uh, look, get buy in advance, uh, to, you know, a trip on Amtrak to, to go to go attend that game. Yeah. Just so I could just go go and hope to see the Giants win and yelling out to Eagles fans, Giants win, win, Merry Christmas, Hallelujah, go fuck yourself, Eagles fans, G-Man for life. <laughs> I would. I that's what I would. Have, that's what I would have said had the Giants been in contention, and I went and I went to that game. Actually, and even though since the Giants are, are having a rough season, I still want to see them beat the fucking Eagles. I'm just going to be watching it at home in the comfort of my own home this time. But uh, I, in my own head, I'll be imagining myself heckling Eagles fans. <laughs> well, 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 drinking industrial size of whiskey. Exactly. A little industrial-sized whiskey, a little industrial-sized eggnog. Mix that shit together, Dan. And, yeah, uh, yeah, which, by the way, uh, during the holiday season, I have a special egg cup for drinking holiday food. Remember the scene of Christmas Vacation, those, uh, those mug tea things? Yeah. What, what looks like the, looks like the, the, mat, the, the, the say, that moose mascot from the theme park in the first vacation exactly, film? Exactly. Party moose, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 bought, I saw that they were selling it to the Spencer's. I was trying to get some friends, some funny. I knew he, he kind of, I knew his like kind of thing that he kind of liked was like these kind of funny little Christmas decorations. I was trying to get him some kind of funny little Christmas decoration. I saw this. I had to buy one of these for myself. They even have it in stock class form. That's awesome. That's awesome. Definitely something nice to. Uh, to I, watch yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they have it. If you went to your local Spencer's, they probably you could probably go to. the there's probably still time you could probably find it because I get I think I think that thing shows up every, every year because sometimes sometimes I know some people that like to get some like little funny little Christmas decorations and stuff so yeah. that's so and and that seems to be a staple at Spencer's at this time of year is the Christmas vacation stuff. Very true, very true, and everybody loves Christmas vacation. We we even kicked the show off with that song, so gotta love that stuff, buddy. And you know, so Giants Eagles Christmas Day 425. Once again, we'll be live on Patreon right after that game, probably around 7.30, 8 o'clock. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, and then, uh, how does everybody get in on Patreon, too, by the way? Um, subscribe. subscribe. You, see, you see me post the link every day before the, foot, 
before the game starts, usually about a half hour before the game starts, I kind of remind people that there's gonna there's a that we do have a Patreon. You could click on that link, and it's only five bucks a month. We we might we might even add some uh, content even after football season. We'll have some little little Patreon content there. I think I think you might even want to say like maybe uh, that next time the Giants uh, and then if Eminem comes the race, the New York Rangers play a day game. I might stop by and we'll do like a we'll do like a little Patreon live thing in between in between periods. Yeah, absolutely. One of these, uh, you know, definitely once because look, we've been promoting the uh, the Patreon all year with the Giants and Jets post game content. Obviously, in a couple of weeks, that's going to end because neither of these teams are making the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, we'll be continuing, you know, like Dan said, doing some uh, Rangers post game stuff. Um, you know, maybe even if it's a big game or something like that on the weekends and stuff. Uh, you know, maybe a, a pop up Nick show. And and and, and I thought of something a, a little bit of a of an homage to a similar thing that 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 Dave does. You know, right? You know, you know, the, right, driving driving with the boy. Yeah. I thought like, I, we might we might maybe. Could maybe uh, broadcast a little bit of our New, New Jersey transit journey, our transportation public transit journey, to the, the stadium series in February. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. So you, 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 you get to see like some footage of Patreon, even some footage of me filming some stuff that's going to be nice, a little, a little ed- edited into a, or or like a little, 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 little hi- highlight of the day video that are going to be uploaded on video. Which, by the way. We'll give you guys early access to that video, but you'll get to see a little behind the scenes of the making of that video. Because I thought, I thought it'd be a nice little fun little thing to do, like footage of the, footage of the of the of the, of the trip from, from 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 where I from living to MetLife Stadium, and maybe make it look like the intro to the Warriors. You might see like footage of me like hold, like holding up my holding up my phone as a you know as a building some footage like I'm using the footage that you know the train headed there and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you might you might see me you might see a little little behind scenes footage of that. <laughs> and it, 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 it'll be it'll be a fun little thing. Maybe you might get a little in, in, maybe we'll give you a little in between periods thinking what what live on uh you know we'll have a Patreon link to uh, see a little live in between periods of us talking about. What it's like being in a in, in a metal in that game for that game. Absolutely, Dan. We're gonna have a bunch of fun with that kind of stuff. Uh, a lot of extra um, stuff like that. And actually, um, on next week, right before New Year's, either coming out, it'll, it'll probably it might be a week from today. Uh, might be New Year's Day. Uh, but I've been working on a uh, best of 2023 for the Best Seat in the House podcast. And uh, I'm going to be getting all of our clips together for the best shows, our, our you know, our best segments, our, our favorite guests like Eastside Dave and um, Jake Asman, who we had on over the, uh, the year uh, earlier, uh, Bob Levy, who we had on for the Super Bowl show. So we're going to be getting all that stuff together. And probably next Saturday, so a week from today, we'll be putting out another bonus episode, which is the best of 2023. What do you think about that? I, I love that idea. It's cold, Jerry. It's cold. <laughs> exactly, Mr. Banya. You got that right. And um, with that rolling on now, too. So we're, we're talking about the Giants and the Eagles. Um, and I did want to ask you, Dan. I mean, so obviously Tommy DeVito is still the, the quarterback for Sunday. They, they have not um, said that, Ty, that uh, Tyrod Taylor is going to be starting yet. I guess they're going to 
continue to ride Tommy DeVito. Um, but that brings up the question to me because the way that Daniel Jones' contract is structured, uh, you know, the, the, the Giants can get out of it very quickly and very easily with paying not that much. Um, you know, who will be the Giants quarterback in 2024? Do you still fully believe that Daniel Jones is the guy behind center next year? Or do you think, having seen, like, do you like Tommy DeVito? Are you willing to give him a shot? Or do you think maybe with the high draft that the Giants should go out there and try to draft the, the next guy? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, a couple of things are going to play a factor. One, what's available in the draft, because we, because we still, there's still two games left. To really give us a good, give us an idea. Actually, three games left. I'm with your correction, three games left. That that'll that'll and the outcome of those teams will determine how how high we we end we end up in the draft. So that's going to play a factor. If we find that court that that that, that quarter that that quarterback we're hoping we're hoping to get in the draft, then maybe I can see that Daniel Jones potentially be, be us getting out of that contract. Another another scenario another scenario I see, and this is fifty fifty that Daniel Jones will be back next year if we're not if we don't place high enough in the draft to find that quarterback that we uh, that we feel would be the, the guy that could carry us moving forward. Another scenario that I feel like could could happen and this also depends on the draft could be Tommy DeVito just giving giving a shot. As a, as a starting quarterback, I feel like yeah. that that also could also play a factor. The next three games, I feel, could determine that. And another thing I I have to say going into this game, I feel like it's going to be a tall order for Devito against the, against the Eagles. That that that, that defensive line, I just feel like once again the offseason or, or or offensive line has way too many holes. And I feel like every quarterback on this team, I feel like it's fed to the wolves with the offensive line the Giants have. Yeah, yeah, I definitely understand that too. The amount of injuries on the offensive line, both for my team and your team this year, um, has just been insane. You know, Dan, you mentioned giving Tommy DeVito a shot to chance to, to start next year, which I would not be against. The, the guy has played well enough that he definitely has earned that to at least be considered. But what I want to ask you is, you know, obviously you mentioned how the draft, you know, it, it's still going to depend who's available. Let me ask you this. There's, we're going to see Kirk Cousins is going to be a big uh, free agent. There's going to be other veteran quarterbacks that believe potentially with the whole GM and coach combo in, in Oakland is a potential for Jimmy Garoppolo that it, it's going to be a, a free agent. And maybe a few other guys out there. Um, we wouldn't have thought, you know, do any of those free agent quarterbacks excite you at all? Like, would you think, okay, maybe if we add this guy, because we, we, we all know the Giants have a pretty good defense with Mike Martindale. Uh, maybe they pick up a wide receiver to kind of help the, the offense a little bit. Uh, obviously, you have Saquon, and now I know he's, he's a free agent, and we're going to discuss that in a minute. Um, but would you consider a, uh, uh, a veteran I feel like Garoppolo. This one of those names that kind of feels you're trying to pronounce. Garoppolo. Garoppolo. 
I feel I feel like it is is a is it's potentially a fact that we should if we're gonna go that route. I feel like he's the one we should we should go after. Being the fact the guy has playoff experience, he's got into a Super Bowl. He's played in some he's played in some high leverage situations in football. Yeah, and, and I just feel like playoff football is another thing. I bet it's another challenge when you're quarterbacking in playoff football than it is during the regular season. And I feel like he has that experience under his belt that that might be able to go. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. I think you're right about that. Um, you know, a guy like Garoppolo, I think, would fit in really well. Uh, you know, the other interesting thing that I was thinking about before we touch on Saquon real quick is um, the, there are, are rampant rumors of Bill Belichick being out in uh, New England. You know, I guess maybe ownership and Belichick want to just get a start with a clean slate. Now, once again, this is just a report, so it would also not surprise me at all to see Bill, Bill Belichick back in New England in 2024 again. But should that happen, like let's say he gets fired after the year. Um, now, you hear a lot of rumors saying that he, he might want to go to San Diego to work with Justin Herbert. I don't believe that. Yeah. I've always heard, too, that Belichick's dream job outside of New England is the New York Giants. So let me ask you this. If Belichick gets fired, would you at all be interested in potentially moving on from Brian Dayball in favor of um, Bill Belichick? I feel if they go in that direction to move on from Dayball, I feel like Bill Belichick might be the way to go. I just feel like he, he just doesn't would not want to screw that up. Be, be, being be, being in the be, being on the Giants, and I just feel like it'd be it also be kind of nice to see another one of you know, the Bill Parcells lineage a bit bring bring the Giants to the promised land. Yeah, you know, and this is a guy that loves the Giants. Yeah, we already had that history with uh, with uh, with uh, Tom Tom Coughlin bringing us two championships. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel that Belichick is another another one. He he was he was a defensive coordinator in a lot of those in those first two championships in the Super Bowl era. They seem to have brought those, that that defense mind, mindset to the to the Patriots. I mean, a lot of people give credit Tom Brady, but that they're in to the Patriots' best years. They had that defense. Yep, yep. So I feel like he, he could bring bring that 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 credibility to the Giants. I feel like. Yeah, me too. Me, yeah, me too. I totally agree with that, man. I feel like that's something that a lot of people really have to talk about. And, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll also have to say, if you do Bill Belichick, if you if for some weird reason the circumstances work out that you become coach of the Giants, I'll, I'll apologize to everything I said about you during the time the during the, during your years, Patriots. <laughs> That's fair enough, and uh, yeah. So uh, one last thing before we move on from the um, from the Giants, Dan, is uh, will Saquon Barkley be a Giant? You know, he's he's on this one-year deal now that was kind of like a uh, a franchise tag, but then they reworked the franchise tag. Um, what what have you like? Not what do you wish? Because obviously you you don't want to lose Saquon. But what is your deep down feeling? Do you think Saquon's going to be back here next year? I feel like Saquon's fifty-fifty going to be back next year. Mm-hmm. 
I feel like with the kind of way the season has gone for Saquon and stuff, I feel like they might go like a little thing that might be good. Maybe a two-year deal, I feel like, could, could, could happen with the Saquon Barkley. I feel like he's got a lot to prove, unfortunately. This, as the same thing happened with the quarterback we had, we, we had no offensive line. Yeah. yeah so I terrible. feel like he kind of kind of wants that wants another go at it. I feel like he'll he'll want to come back and get the fair deal. Mm-hmm. So I I think they can they kick the tires on this one. Yeah. yeah. No doubt about it, man. I mean, Saquon means a lot to the Giants organization. He means a lot to the Giants fans. Uh, this is a guy that that's had a lot of great years here. Um, including last year, you know, on that that playoff run, that Saquon was a big piece of that too. So um, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, I think that fifty fifty is probably a decent shot, but I think the one thing the Giants have in their favor uh, with Saquon is that nobody is going out of their way to pay running backs these days. You know what I mean? Even Dalvin Cook is having a rough year for the Jets, who was highly um, you know, pursued in the offseason. The Chets wanted him, and Dolphins wanted him. Um, I, I believe even at one time, the Chargers were in the mix. It, there were a few teams that wanted his services, and his bidding never got over about seven and a half to million dollars. So I feel like the Giants now have Saquon on about a $12 million deal. Um, if they can get him semi long term, maybe two to four years, somewhere around there. For ten to eleven million dollars a year, I feel like that would be a home run. You know, like, like, like the Jets signed Alan Lazard to a four-year, four million dollar deal. How would you feel if the Giants signed Saquon to that exact contract, four years? I have no problem with that. That, right, that, that. I feel like that would be perfect, almost. You know, it's, it's not too long, and then and the, the money isn't too high. Yeah, exactly. Just backload that contract with incentive clauses, and you'll be good to go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, Dan. All right, so I think that's just about going to do it for us on the football talk. As we're continuing to roll along here on our Christmas special, we're going to take another quick break right now. And when we come back, uh, we'll be talking and wrapping up, uh, talking a little uh, Knicks, a little Rangers, and doing a little gift exchange. So once again, everybody, thank you so much. For uh, watching our Christmas special here on YouTube and listening to it wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back uh, in just a second. Um, so once again, thank you everybody for uh, for watching this and um, see you in a second. So blue, just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same, dear.
Christmas is a time to say I love you. Share the joys and laughter and good cheer. Christmas is a time to say I love you. And I fear that it'll last all through the year. And that's right, everybody. Welcome back once again. We're back here on the Christmas special for the Best Seat in the House podcast. I'm Rob Kramer with my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. We got a little bit left to get into here, and we want to thank everybody here for supporting us now as we come uh, very, very close to our 100th episode, Dan. Just a couple more weeks, 
by the Super Bowl, we'll have a hundred episodes done, and that's not even counting our Patreon and uh, a- any bonus stuff that we've done too. Just a hundred straight weeks of best seat in the house podcast. That's pretty crazy, right? Yeah, that is just pretty crazy. Like I, I just still find it hard to believe we pulled through so many so straight weeks. I mean, we're 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 literally putting in putting in overtime. We're we're we're, we're the hardest working duo in sports talk. We're we're, we're the James Brown of sports talk hosts. Hell yeah, I love that that comparison right there, Dan. That's that's awesome, and I agree with you on that. Um, yeah, we're de- definitely uh, getting our work ethic up right now. As um, you know, we go out there, and hey, we're going to be working on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day too. So if you're interested. Patreon.com slash Best Seat in the House podcast, $5 just to get in. We appreciate everybody that's already subscribed and gone out of their way to help us and support us. Uh, as you can see on the bottom, don't forget you can follow us at Bseth underscore podcast. And uh, you can follow Dan at Bobo103NYC and myself at KramerNY. Don't forget also on Instagram at Best Seat in the House podcast. So thank everybody for supporting all of our social media and everything. We got just one last little segment here to get into before we wrap this show and um, go into our little Christmas break. So let's, uh, let's start this, this last segment off with the little Rangers talk, Dan. As uh, last night, the Rangers go out there. Uh, they had a one nothing lead, and Jonathan Quick was playing incredible. The defense was incredible. The You know, a scene that from 2014, if you had told me, I could never have imagined as a Rangers fan – Madison Square Garden on their feet, chanting for Jonathan Quick, who's the Rangers' backup. He was the uh, the LA Kings goalie who beat the Rangers in the Stanley Cup final that year, which is why it's tough to imagine. But the whole crowd was chanting Quick, Quick, Quick last night as they dominated through the first two periods and then came out as flat as I've ever seen them in the third period. Uh, he, they allowed four goals that period to lose four to three. But you can't really knock Jonathan Quick too much because uh, the defense just was awful, awful, awful that period. The Edmonton Oilers went out there and uh, ripped four. The Rangers got two back late because they actually fell behind four to one. So they got two back late, including one pretty much at the buzzer. But um, after that tough loss yesterday, Dan, how are you feeling about the Rangers right now? I'm feeling good about the Rangers. I just feel like they need they need to cut down on those little turnovers, especially on those tough teams because I feel like Every one of those turnovers, we were burned. Yeah. When, when I'm, I'm, I'm watching that, it says, what the heck is going on? We're, we're, we're doing everything we need to do the first two periods. We're, we're making all the defensive plays we need. We're not, we're not getting any turnover. We're, we're avoiding making dumb mistakes that lead to turnovers. And then all of a sudden, it was a 180, and that kept happening with the period. And I'm just I'm yelling at the TV, and I'm saying, and I'm telling people, I said, because oh, oh, I know this game was an ESPN Plus broadcast, which I don't really like the idea of them doing that. Mm-hmm. It was an ESPN Plus exclusive. The only thing I, good, by the way, sorry to interrupt real quick, but the only thing good about that was Bob was choosing calling the game because he actually does call a pretty good game. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he does pretty good game. It's, it's, it's not golden age of ESPN broadcasting hockey. Like, remember, like, Gary Thorne doing Gary the Thorne back in the day. Yeah, 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 yeah the hot, that, like, but but he but I thought Bob was and did a good job calling that hockey game. But I I just feel I just went, went and I said on Twitter I said, well if you were pitching that you didn't have a subscription you couldn't afford a 
an additional subscription because you had to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch that game. You didn't really miss much in that third period. Yeah. Yeah, the Rangers definitely let us down that third period. But, you know, the, the team has played so well this year. I, I can't kill them. This is it. They were on a three-game winning streak, too. It's their fifth three-game winning streak they've been on this year. So, hey, you know what? You go out there and lost this one, go out there and win another three straight and uh, get that sixth three-game winning streak in a row. And, you know what, as much as, um, you know, it, it stings to take a loss like that, you can the, – the thing that helps, too, is that the Rangers come back tonight against the Buffalo Sabres at 7.30. So it, it gives you a chance to get back on track immediately, you know. The worst thing I feel like would be is if you took a loss like that and then the Rangers have to sit on that for four or five days until their next game because, as you know, after today – we're going into the uh, holiday break. So the Rangers aren't going to be playing again until, I believe, December 27th. So you just are happy that at least you have this game against the Sabres tonight to try to get right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, ho- I'm, hoping, I'm hoping the Rangers will win, win this. You go into the holiday break at a, on a high note. And uh, as a, hopefully I'm watching the Rangers win as a maybe uh, – um, um, uh, enjoying some, enjoying some, some, some eggnog, along, along with some, some, some of these, some of these Christmas cookies that a coworker sent sent to me. Can't beat that. Can't beat a couple little Christmas cookies right there, right? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. My mother and sister, my mother and sister, kind of, are kind of liking the Christmas cookies. So that 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 coworker did a good, did a good job with the, with those cookies. Very cool. Very cool, man. So yeah, unfortunately, uh, the uh, the loss to the the Oilers yesterday stinks. But the uh, the chance to come out tonight and write things definitely um, is pretty good. Uh, to look at the other team from Madison Square Garden, the New York Knicks, they played today, this afternoon. Uh, and unfortunately, they end up losing 130-111 to the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it's very reminiscent of the game they played uh, in the, the tournament where the, rain, where, the uh, rain, I'm sorry, where the Knicks got knocked out by the Bucks in the tournament about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. Um, where I believe the final score of that game was 146 to 122. Defense in the NBA this day. I mean, back in the old days, you know, even four or five years ago, people said the the defense in the NBA was dead. I feel like defense in the NBA today is more dead than ever. I mean, the last two times the Bucks have played the Knicks, they scored. 146 and 130. That means they've scored 276 points over the last two games for the Knicks. They're almost averaging 150 a game. That's insane. And now the Knicks have the dignity of facing this Milwaukee Bucks super team again on Christmas Day at noon. And that's going to be a tall task, right, Dan? Well, that's going to be, if you're a Knicks fan, hopefully it, it isn't going to the situation where you're reaching for the eggnog. Yeah, yeah, and not only reaching for the eggnog, but reaching for the whiskey to spike the eggnog a little bit more, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, um, after this uh, this tough loss today, you know, the Knicks um, go out there, like we said, they, they have the rematch on Christmas Day at noon. So, you know what, we got a, a, a day of a little New York sports there. As we get the Knicks at noon, the Giants at four. So a nice little block there. Um, you know, if, uh, you know, cause most things, you know, most people are just kind of lounging around and taking it easy on Christmas. You know, for me at least, that, that's what I'm doing. 
I know a lot of people do their traveling on Christmas Eve and stuff. So uh, we'll see about that. But, you know, one other thing I wanted to highlight, too, about this uh, this loss today was um, Jalen Brunson, who had 36 in the loss. He's averaging over 25 points a game in his last 10. He dropped 50 in Phoenix last Friday. Um, this guy, you could legitimately make the argument that Jalen Brunson is the best free agent signing ever by the New York Knicks, right? I mean, you could you, you could legitimately make that argument. Yeah, exactly. He's probably one of the best free agent signings we've made in a long time, and it seems to be very rare we make that uh that 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 push to make to to to, to get that star. Now I just feel like the next need to get that supporting cast. Yeah, yeah, it's all it's all about getting the guys around him, right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like every great NBA, every great championship team had that star, but they also had the great supporting cast, and then like you know. We we know about the Bulls, like a like a with the Scotty Pippen and stuff, yep. and and even even the Knicks when they had their heyday, you had Starks and Oakley with it. In addition, in addition to you you Ewing, yep. and yep. then of course we, we we go back more recent history to Miami Heat when they had that dynasty, yeah, with with the with the with the with the the Wayne Wayne Ray, the LeBron James, and then I forget the other guy, uh, uh Chris Bosh. Chris Bosh, it's been, been a bit of a while, but yeah, that 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 was old, that that led to a lot of great memories for uh, for 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 one of my cousins who was born who was born and raised in South Florida. He got to have plenty of memories of that thanks to that super team. Yeah, and, and you know, like you said, you you can even go back to the seventies and and look at the Knicks teams that won back then and say Willis Reed, you know, um, Walt Clyde Frazier, and Earl the Pearl Monroe. That that you know. That that, that 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 was the big three back then. Yeah, and, yeah, and I got play. I actually have a signed photo of Earl Paul Monroe. Really, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's it's super nice. He did he did a signing at the New York Auto Show a few years ago. Very cool. Earl the Pearl, New York legend, on that seventy two seventy three New York Knicks championship team that defeated the uh, Los Angeles Lakers. Um, but yeah, Dan, I mean, when you look at the the rest of. Um, the team right now for the Knicks, I agree with you that uh, the one guy who, like, look, I, I think the Knicks have a pretty good player in RJ Barrett, right? I think he might not be a superstar, but I think he's a really reliable guy to have on the team. J uh, Jalen Brunson, he's a superstar. That guy is coming to his own. He's 26 years old. That that That's a guy you want to put your money on. The guy who I think is the odd man out is Julius Randle. And as much as I, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a decent regular season player, and he gets his numbers. This is a guy to me that can never be a one A or one B guy in a championship team. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. I feel I feel like he's the guy that's going to be in a in a trade for that for that piece. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you package some draft picks around him and try to make it a little more palatable to to bring in another big guy. But the Knicks need, you know, that kind of guy because as much as Julius Randle has had his good games here we've seen it in the playoffs. You know, the guy goes from being a 25-point player game in the regular season to in the playoffs averaging 18 points a game. And you can't do that. You know what I mean? If It has to be the opposite. You know, you we're used to seeing the guys that pick up their games in New York, you know, like Derek Jeter, who was like a three, you know, 300 career hitter, 305 career hitter, was out there in the playoffs and he's a 350 hitter. You know what I mean? Like, we like guys here in New York that stepped their game up. Daniel Murphy, who was 
just a you know a a pretty good hitter, middle of the, the lineup kind of guy, who all of a sudden, as soon as the postseason flip, this guy goes crazy. He's hitting home runs off Jake Arrieta and Clint Kershaw and Zach Greinke and all these guys. You know, those are the type of players that we gravitate to in New York. Yeah, yeah, and of course, you also got to remember Mark Mark Bessie and the guarantee. Of course, Bessie. Above all else, you're right. You're right. The guy who, with this this team's season of a line, went out there as their captain and scored three goals all in the third period to defeat the New Jersey Devils in Game Six and force Game Seven. So, you're 100 right, Dan. There's examples of it all over New York, and the the one guy that we keep seeing come up small is uh is. Unfortunately, Julius Randall. So yeah. Oh, and we've got to add another name to that to that to that uh, coming up through the close to New York sports. Got to mention Eli Manning. That's a good point. Very good point. Eli Manning got it done, having those two uh, championship runs, culminating with Super Bowl defeats of the Patriots each time. Yep. That I still love reminding everybody from Boston. I said, "Hey, that, don't don't forget that Giants that beat you guys got you guys were delivered back in the." Back in uh, 2000, 2007, 2011, and I have plenty of fun ways of reminding them of those, of those, of those, of those giant Super Bowl victories. I'll show them like a picture, maybe, maybe the the the, the stuff, the, the the ticket from the from from the from the city hall ceremony in the 2000, 2007 when they won the Super Bowl when yeah. they, uh, you know, the city hall ceremony and they presented to keep the city that ceremony. Absolutely. I'll, I'll also maybe show them maybe pictures of daily news headlines, mm-hmm. or I'll even show them the picture. My ticket from Super Bowl Forty Six. Exactly, that's true, and that's got to hurt worst of all, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> show, 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 show them that. Even maybe my personal pictures from the parade. Yeah, yeah. Very true, man. Very true. All right, so uh, yeah, I think we're just about winding down here now, everybody. As we really appreciate everybody hanging in there with us um, on our Christmas special here right now. We're going to go away for one more song because, come on, you, everybody loves Christmas music. We're going to go away for one more song. And um, when we come back, uh, we're going to do a, a little uh, present exchange and then call it a year. Uh, well, call it a special at least because we'll be back in a couple of days before the end of the year. So uh, we'll, we'll be right back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in and sticking with us. and hope you enjoy this last Christmas song. We'll see you in a minute. Child. 
And there we go, everybody. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to our uh, Christmas special here right now for the Best Seat in the House podcast. We want to thank everybody for taking the time to uh, to you know watch us, see what we're doing, and uh, have a good time with us here at this uh, awesome time of year. Before we get out of here, though, we have to do a exchange of gifts. So uh, me and Dan right now are, uh, you know, I know you, everybody can't necessarily see. But we are in the same place right now, right? Let's go. High five. Yep, we, we are in the same high place. <laughs> oh, oh, no. oh. <laughs> there we go. We're in the same place right now for the first time since the Jets Giants game. And uh, right now, Dan, I want to give you this. All right. Let's see. Let's do that. Oh, wow. This is neat. A throwback, a throwback uh, LT jersey. There we go. It's the New York Giants old school '80s jersey. Yeah, this, this is me. <laughs> classic, classic little throwback. Yeah, yeah. I made sure it in the plastic too, so you know you, it doesn't get messed up on the way home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And for you, I got old things like I. I this is a little throw, throwback when they, when they used to do the comedians of the oh, compound. There a little comedians of the compound right there, a little cozy, and, and a little something I picked up from the front of tra- for the I guess some advertisement or something where they because I, I from what I gathered this was a giveaway when they were doing their show in Austin. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly yeah. at the Vulcan. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, and this here is a I picked this up at the tra- at the New York City Trade Museum. Very nice. That, that's a little. Uh, that, it's a train station sign. Uh, well. Mets Willis Point. That for for those of you who don't know, if you go to a Mets game and you take the subway out there, that's a subway stop. That's that's a that, that that you get off when you're going to City Field. Yep, you get up to Seven Train right there. Mets Willis Point right there, which me and Dan have done numerous times together, catching a couple of Mets games in the past. So Dan, thank you so much, buddy. Yeah, yeah no problem. Yep, yep, definitely. Same, 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 same to you and your family, and of course, of course, your dog Murphy. Can't forget your dog. Can't forget your. Can't forget your 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 four your four pod son. 
<laughs> Absolutely. And also to your uh, little son over there, too, Mr. Maloonigan, who is having a Merry Christmas himself. I saw him on uh, Twitter the other day. Yeah, yep. I po- I posted a little picture of him. He's wearing his he 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 he's loving those Christmas PJs. We I I I we we picked up for him, so he's he's loving it. All right, man. So I think that's just about gonna do it for us today on our Christmas special. Once again, we want to thank everybody for supporting us. You know, we started doing this show in March of 2022. It's about to be 2024, so we're going on almost two years, a hundred shows. I mean, we've done 20 plus Patreon shows. We've done a bunch of bonus episodes. So um, it's, it's been a long, fun ride so far, right, Dan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's been a fun ride. A one, a a a a, a, a wonderful, wonderful year. At least, at least our shows, even though maybe our teams haven't gone, haven't haven't had had great, great, great seasons. But... The only thing keeping us sane was this show this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I feel like this show kept 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 our sanity. In the same way, like the the, the industry, the, like the mystery science theater three thousand theme song that he said he tried to keep his sanity with the help of the robot friend. I feel this show is the equivalent of that. Robot roll call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I also I have to say one more thing, a little 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 nod to one to one of the funniest episodes of MSCBK, the Christmas episode. Have have a Patrick Sweezy Christmas. <laughs> Very well said, everybody. I have a Patrick Swayze Christmas from uh, from Rob Kramer, from my co-host, Daniel Bobo Curlin. Everybody here at Best Seat in the House Podcast wants to thank everybody that took the time. Uh, and, you know, we, we we appreciate that, too. You know, everybody, you have a thousand things, more, more than that. You have a million freaking things that you can look at today on YouTube and, and podcasts. And the fact that you guys took the time to, to watch our show, we really appreciate it. Shout out to all the people that have been here since the beginning. Shout out to everybody that's just joining us over the last couple of weeks. So thank everybody. Merry Christmas. Hope you have a happy 2023. We'll see you uh, tomorrow on Patreon and uh, Monday on Patreon too. But we'll be back here on YouTube on Thursday, like always. And then another bonus episode next Saturday. So keep uh, keep it here. You know, keep it peeled. And you'll see everybody. Uh, we'll be having a... Uh, We'll be back in the new year before you know it, uh, but we still have a little bit of content coming out now. So once again, from Rob Kramer and Dave Bubble Carlin, this is the Best Seat in the House podcast Christmas special. And we'll catch you in a couple of days, ladies and gentlemen.